When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, you filthy animals, to Blockbuster Mentality, the show where we dive deep into the world of cinema. I'm your host, Ben Secord, and today, Dave and I dive deep into 1976 Taxi Driver, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro and Sybil Shepard and Jodie Foster. The IMDb synopsis for the film reads... A mentally unstable Vietnam War veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City, where the perceived decadence and sleaze feeds his urge for violent action while attempting to save a 12-year-old prostitute in the process. Boy, am I excited to talk about this film. Can't wait for you guys to hear what we think about it and join us on this cinematic journey. All right, Dave, Taxi Driver, 1976, Martin Scorsese, Robert yeah. De Niro. Tell me. Another combo of this, this, well, this I great know. director-actor combo. And we did Raging Bull. We which, did Raging Bull, our first show together. Yeah, because I was, uh, well, I am a Raging Bull guy. I think yes. this is the greatest movie ever made. Um, and this one, I think maybe you might say this one might be better than that one. Yes, but... Yeah, but we're I still agree. dealing in the same it really <laughs> little is. pocket of yeah. this, this sa- you know, the same director, same actor, yeah. a different story. It, that says what it needs to about Martin Scorsese and the Robert De Niro yeah. duo right there is that we can understand why the other would feel that, you know, this is the best movie ever made, but you know, we still have two separate ones. Yeah, it's a respect there. And they're possibly Scorsese's well, yeah, I mean definitely I would say those are his two best movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, without, yeah, hands down for and, me. I mean, we love um, all the ones that have come after. We love Goodfellas. Goodfellas, it's, yeah. You know, but... it's, it's more it's quote more quotable. Yeah, uh, Casino is a fun ride, although it's not as good necessarily. Right. And if we're talking duo again, I wouldn't say Goodfellas is necessarily you know for sure a Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro movie. It's no definitely Joe Pesci's movie. It's Ray Liotta's yeah, movie. You know, in Goodfellas, I want more of De Niro. Yeah, I mean, he's just sort of a side character. Yeah. And I don't really like Ray Liotta all that much in Goodfellas, to be, yeah. to be quite honest. I mean, Joe Pesci makes that movie. Well, Pesci's amazing. I mean, yeah. honestly, the more I... Each time I watch it, I, I forget how little De Niro is actually in that yeah. movie. Yeah, he's just it's, he's just Jimmy. Yeah, he's just a side character. Just, I mean, yeah. when he's in it, he steals the show. He's he steals... more of like a mentor in it here and there, and then a crazy guy that kills all the witnesses. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right, though. Yeah, but so, but, so but how these many, two are yeah, they're amazing together. And I can't wait to see what they do with Irishman that comes out on Netflix. I don't know. We'll, we'll see we'll how see. that is. But Scorsese, like over the years, De Niro has fallen, you know, off a little bit. He's he's gone, you know, in crazy roles where it's just like, what are you doing? He's got moments, though. He's, no, I, I'm not but, saying yeah. he's had bad stuff, but he hasn't Scorsese's, had a great been, Scorsese's been pretty consistent. He had yeah. departed in 2006. He He's been to the DiCaprio thing. I don't really know that DiCaprio's really his Yeah, but guy. at the same time, though, it's not like it's these films that Robert De Niro has done, like Rocky and Bullwinkle and no, these other roles yeah. that De Niro has done. But Scorsese's the, at least been 
not, respectable still. And I like Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York, absolutely. That, and uh, uh, oddly, Departed. Did I say yeah? yeah the Departed, Departed Wolf you know, of Wall Street. Well, each of one of those. I mean, the Departed is really you like that more for Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's you true. Like, yeah, you like Gangs of New York more for Daniel Day Lewis. That's true. Yeah. You know, again, you know, so that sort of thing. I don't think. Uh, what is it? The Island or what was it? Oh, uh, Shutter Island. Oh, Shutter Island. Uh, it's. You know, just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it, 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 it seemed like that was when Hollywood was big on twists, yeah. twist endings, and that was definitely a twist ending. And uh, so, yeah, I can see how you feel that way. But yeah, these two have gone; they need to get back together, which which they are. Yeah. Right? Well, there was a the, you know the Good Shepherd was in that style, but not really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Good. Sh- yeah, I forgot about that with Matt Damon, yeah. right? And. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, De Niro. Did De Niro direct that? De Niro directed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. But that was yeah. almost like an imitation Scorsese yeah. movie, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was hoping for better things out of that, but you know, it was what it was. Well, these two um, have been were well, at least were like the best of friends for a number of years. Yeah, like pulling yeah, out they these were great movies. They did Mean Streets. Mean I don't Streets, know what they did yes. before Mean Streets. I, I think Mean Streets was their first. But how, how many times have you seen Taxi Driver? Um, I'd say three or four times. Really? Okay. So not this isn't something yeah. I poured over a lot. Okay. Although Raging Bull, I've only maybe seen five times. Um, I, I think my first viewing Taxi Driver, I have to admit, it wasn't that great. Okay. This one took me. This one grew on me. Yeah. As these old Scorsese I, I mean, movies I would, do. I would say that for both uh, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver, for me, the first watch didn't fully grab me. Yeah. But more so, it grabbed me for Taxi Driver on the first viewing than it did for Raging Bull. But the more I watch Raging Bull, the more I love it. Uh, so I, mean, I, I could even I can even see depending on what mood I'm in, going back and forth with Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Yeah. But um, Raging Bull ends up becoming on its own just a uh, a masterpiece of a performance. Yeah. Even putting the movie aside. De Niro has never been better, or maybe no one has maybe yeah. ever been better. And now, when you when you viewed the show, you you viewed the movie for the show this time. I know you said this is your best viewing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've always liked this movie and always respected it, but I I felt more in this movie. And yeah. I think, like you said, it's almost I don't know if you said it or not, but you, I think you were getting here. It's like almost meditative. Mm-hmm. I've actually found this movie very relevant to today, which I did yeah. not expect. Yeah. When I first saw it, I'm like, I don't get Travis Bickle. And in this one, I really get him. Yeah. Well, that's what I like about rediscovering not, a movie. Yeah. Or rediscovering film. Like, depending on where you are in your life, you know, I mean, when I'm you not, watch that I'm movie. not going with no, Travis I, Bickle. No, I, 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 clear. I understand that, but I'm just saying you can feel different things depending on when you watch that movie in your life. Yeah, um, I, I feel like some of these movies get – the things you remember from them are like the style cool things. Like when he shaves his head and he's got a mohawk and he's got the aviators. Yeah, he looks badass. But that's not what the movie's about. No, definitely not. Right. Like that that gave it a cult following, I'd say. Right. Like that's... that kind of stuff. Especially in like the ending scene and everything. Like that's what gave this movie a cult following. Yeah. But there's so much more to it than that. It's, yeah, I mean he's a guy That's just aesthetics right there. Exactly. And he looks freaking awesome. I know. He's like, clapping and that's like, you know, a meme you see <laughs> yep. on Twitter all the time with the with the gif or gif, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um you know, it's a man who's in his he's in a he's in a large city. And he's very atomized. He can't make real connections with human beings. Yeah. 
And my God, if we don't feel that today, you know, and you see these like, um, I mean, he actually, he becomes a hero, but you see these like mass shooters and people that go nuts, you know, they're feeling the same stuff that he's feeling. They're, 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 they're not, they want to be social, but they don't know how to be social. They do things the wrong way. They're reaching out and maybe they're charming or whatever, but they, they're not completely like us. Right. And they're looking to, they actually want to be normal. Right. And then they get rejected by normal people because they don't really quite fit in. And if they're like, screw this world, this world has screwed me. I'm so angry. I want to, you know, I want to do whatever. And he's, I never saw Travis Bickle as, as the hero, not just for what he does in the end, but just as a, as a human. Yeah, he, he's willing to do something. Yeah, like he he's he, here is a man who will not take it anymore, as he says in it's the middle true. of the film. Yeah, yeah. This this movie, I, I don't want to say it speaks to me because again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going out and being Travis Bickle or anything. But uh, but it just it draws you in. It just it's it's just something like you like you've called I know in the past raging bull of, of piece of art. Like it's just looking at a piece of art. Like this is how I feel about Taxi Driver. Like you're just in it for the ride and just. First of all, the score. Uh, you know, I'm just going to jump in and talk about the score. The, no, score, the score of this is movie, amazing, totally, just yeah, amazing. It's got like this, like jazz, like uh, trumpets. Uh, I don't know if it's trumpets or clarinet or whatever or it saxophone is. Saxophone, maybe. Saxophone. It doesn't get old, even though yeah, it gets repetitive. It's just, it's, it's, just, it's like hypnotic. Yeah, hypnotic. Exactly. That's yeah, that's the word. This movie is very hypnotic to me. Yeah. Uh, and you're just in it, in it for the ride. Um, it reminds me of I don't know if you're a Queens of the Stone Age fan at all. You like the band or not oh, yeah I mean I happen to like them a lot yeah. their, their music is, is very repetitive but it's also something that I like and this the score kind of reminds me of that where you you're getting back to something where like I don't know some riff where you hear it over and over again and it puts you into just like some sort of a state of mind right and this movie kind of does that same thing yeah. but it does it for like two hours or at least maybe an hour and a half or something yeah. like that but it keeps recalling the score and like him driving his taxi at night and it plays it. You're like, I could see this is going, you know. Yeah. Well, you're in his head. Because, well, like, cause like, yeah, in, in his head. And that's the point of the film is, like, getting in the head of this guy who's just lost trying to find his purpose. And, like, the first 30, 40 minutes of the movie, there's, like, no plot. And, like, you're just you <laughs> you're don't know watching him. Yeah, you're just watching him. But you're just, you don't care. And I, that's what, the more I watch this, the more I notice that. It's just, I don't care. Like, I'm just watching this. Like, this is just, like, we are Travis Bickle while we're watching this. And you're feeling what this character is feeling. They even show point of view shots of him, which Scorsese, yeah. you know, speaking of Scorsese, like, he, he was definitely experimenting a lot in this movie. You could tell with camera angles and, and camera positions. Particularly in the movements, intro. The intro. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's playing around uh, a lot with it. Um, but, yeah, you just you just feel... You know, you're you're in Travis Bickle's shoes, but not in a bad way. No, I mean, I could almost see this thing being made where instead of, you know, the things he's trying to do, it's being like addicted to a smartphone or trying to find connections to people in his own way. He ends up staring at the television, watching stuff, and he gets pissed off because he's seeing people on TV being together. Yeah. And he can't, which we'll get to. Making a connection. He can't do that. Right. I, I, I don't know. I just I, when I first saw this, it, it really didn't seem relevant. And yeah. now I don't know if it's because the world is coming back around to whatever he was, what was going on then. I mean, I know it's like I don't like big cities, and I can see how a big city can be alienating. Yeah. Well, and I like how this this he you know usually you know he's trying to find a connection with anything, but you know at least 
he loves the city. No, he doesn't. Like usually a movie like this would say, oh, he loves this city. This he hates the city. Like, but yet he can't stay away from it. He can't he, for stay away all from the it. reasons that he hates the city, and in, in yeah. the and the in the Sybil Shepherd character calls him out on this. You're a walking contradiction. Walking contradiction. He, yeah. ta- he talks about the filth, and it's a you know it's pimps and drugs. Yet those are the places where he goes and drives his taxi yep. in the middle of the night, and he sees all these people. And exactly, you get that great score. Right, yeah, beautiful score. Beautiful score. Love this. Just, it's so calm. Yeah, calm, and sweet, yeah. And very sweet. Ah. Under the surface, you know, there's more, and then you get that little bit of alternation between this and to that right, that pulsing that we heard just before. Right. It's like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. and then, and that's kind of how the movie flows. Like at points, it's just like it's kind of sweet. Like oh, he's just trying to find love. That's and Travis, it's just like, right? Boom. Oh, he's yeah. got. Yeah, it's Travis exactly. Like he's got moments of calmness. And then it's just like, oh, I hate the skitty, the scum, the filth, the dirt, the, yeah. <laughs> you know. He feels that anger, but then right. it, like, it, it sort of washes over him, like he's saying like about the rain. Right, yeah, perfect score. Go ahead and grab a beer, my friend. I will do um, <laughs> But uh, 1970s New York, not disgusting place to live, I think. I, I, I think 19, uh, I don't know, you know, if before that too, like it seemed like it was... You know, the, the place awful. to be for a while, the 50s and, you know, maybe even early 60s. But well, once you had hookers hit, in like Times Square. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, maybe somebody might yeah, want it, that. But. It, it wasn't touristy at all. Let's say that. But, yeah, 1970s New York seems like not a place I want to go to. Yeah. yeah. And, and you see this, uh, yeah, in this period movie, you know, you see this in an 80s movie. Um, you see this um, really leading up, other than up to, like, say the last 10 years since the city's been cleaned up. It's almost like the city is this terrible, scary, crime-ridden, yeah, awful really place. Does, yeah. Until people started moving back in, and right? Did, I guess getting—I don't know what they did. Crack down on criminals, yeah. sending them to jail. I don't know what they did, but they obviously cleaned it up. In I some think, way. yeah, they made it more tour—you know, more spots, more touristy, where it's you know safer to be. Could you imagine like that, that walking around Times Square seeing hookers? Oh man, yeah, that would be—that would be something. That would be something. Not, not a lot of opportunities there. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, so yeah, I mean, we'll talk about. So I mean, Robert De Niro's performance. I mean, we'll obviously talk about it throughout our take six, which will give our six favorite moments of the film. Um, but like you said, this is the—you know—you're best viewing this is my best viewing of his performance i think this time around i i really like i felt his performance before and you know again this is back and forth my favorite movie of all time um he's starting to grow into himself yeah like it's uh an actor the acting in this like there's certain moments in this film it's just his acting just got me this time uh more so than it ha- ever had before um and then uh martin scorsese like i said we already touched on his direction uh he even has a little part in this film which we'll talk about um uh what do you what do you think of jodie foster this? i thought she was incredible yeah and, you she know, really it's is. definitely jodie foster it really is <laughs> sounds it's just so like her funny. yeah she's got the same voice yeah. i don't know how she's a 12 year old in the movie i don't know how old i she think is she was able... 14 in yeah. the movie um this... or i'm in real life uh but yeah 12 and a half great job by i mean uh, if, i guess this i don't know what she did before this but 
there was definitely a star born there. And then Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, she's dynamite. In this movie. <laughs> dynamite. But she really is. She's sort of um, innocent but curious. She's very beautiful, obviously. Yes. She's yes. Just really well cast in this movie. She looks great. Yeah. This <laughs> is a great, uh, really I, good for uh, the counterbalance. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think she was yeah perfect choice. I think they played off each other really well. Um, and the awkwardness he felt between yeah. them, which was intentional, which was great. Right. Um, and then even her chemistry with Albert Brooks, like Albert Brooks is a cool little addition in this kind of the comedy element of yeah. the film. Very dweeby. Um, very dweeby. And then I, real quick, I have to mention that uh, Peter Boyle is in this movie. Yeah. Frank from Everybody Loves Raymond. That's right. And um, uh, Young Frankenstein. Uh, young Frankenstein. That's right. Um uh, He's like the same you, guy. They, like they, he, they actually did a little scene in Everybody Loves Raymond where he says, you know, one man's a doctor, one man's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he, they actually did that scene in Everybody Loves Raymond. And, yeah. So do you want to talk about that at all? Or do you want to – because that's not actually on our uh, – Yeah, let's talk about that six. because that is – that is that's – it's kind of a one good... of the best acting scenes from Robert De Niro right at that. He, like when he's like saying like – I really, I want to go out and, and do something. Uh, but he's not saying he wants to do something good. Like, he's scared he's going to do something bad. Right, it's a group and of cabbies that meet up at night at this diner or whatever. And they mm-hmm. all just kind of talk about their shifts, talk about their lives. They, right. they bullshit, they say all this stuff. And he and the Peter Boyle character, he's a bit older than him. So he, I guess he goes to him for advice. Yeah, because they call him the wizard. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, what do you... I don't know exactly how it started, but he's sort of asking him, uh, I don't know, uh, what do I do with what do I do with myself? Yeah, or... yeah, basically, like he's he's you know I'm about to go, you know I'm scared I'm gonna do some things or or I really want to go out and and, and it, do something, but he's not clear to Peter Boyle, so Peter Boyle or he wizard. takes it as career frustration. Yeah. Whereas Travis Bickle is thinking, I, I want to go hurt people, or, right? or, or yeah. I don't even know what to do with the feelings inside my head. I feel like I I hate the world and I want to. Do something yeah, other he, than he, just drive around at night, right? Because he's exposing himself to all the stuff that he hates, right? Yeah, maybe you say, "Well, then, if you don't like it, then pull back," right? But that's not the answer for him either. He just gets these this anger, this right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, because you know Peter Boyle, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just like trying to give him an answer, and, and it's just kind of sad in a way because Travis is looking for advice from someone. You know, he's he's looking. Like he's trying to reach out to just an older figure, almost not a father figure, almost like a big brother figure. Yeah. And so what does Peter Boyle tell him? <laughs> I, I don't know. He just, he, I don't like, like Travis Bickle says at the end of uh, Peter Boyle's spiel. He says, I don't know. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Basically, he tells him, you know, you you become, you you are what you do. Yeah. You know, one which, man's a doctor, one man's a lawyer. So I wanted to get um, into that. Yeah. So what he says, look, I've been uh, I've been driving a cab. In the middle of the night for twelve years or whatever it 17 is. Years, Seventeen yep. years. Seventeen years. So apparently this is what I want to do. Yeah. And that's kind of a a devastating thought. Yeah. In a way. It's like right. so it's like imagine yourself, whatever uh-huh. whoever you are, whatever you're doing. It's just well, you know, I'm living under a bridge. Well, obviously <laughs> these are the choices that yeah. I made. These are the choices I made. You gotta, you gotta deal with it. But not even deal with it. But this must be what I, what I like. Yeah. What I prefer. My life is is our our series of revealed preferences. So, 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 did you take that as sound advice from him? I don't know. It's I don't know that it's sound. I mean, it's it's a it's one philosophy on life. And it's not the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it's, it's just it's at, at some point this is just okay. This is what you're doing with your life, right? I mean, it's how do you argue against it? You know, yeah. in, in a way, because you're like, 
well, I work at a job that I work at, right? Right. I have a, I have a wife that I have. I have kids. I live in this house. I drink this beer. Well, I'm choosing all these yeah, things, right? At some true. level, that's true. I've decided to do this, right? right? I, I could do something different. And now to... this is who I am. You are what you do, right? Like what he said. Yeah. Okay. It's we. It's so. I mean, it's I guess, not the dumbest thing, right? Yeah, it's not because you also listen to. I mean, you, you say that there's. Um, I'm sorry. De Niro, he's glassy eyed. He's he's like about to go manic. He's yeah. Yeah. Well, he almost seems like he's on the verge of tears. Like he's just like I don't know what to do. I mean, you didn't take that as him like reaching out to someone, like just as like he a final. Was, but he didn't say, "Look, I'm feeling like I'm gonna get violent." Yeah, here. but this isn't a guy that can just say his feelings like that. This is a guy that has to write things down in his diary. You know, Peter he, Boyle's he answer is to is to just keep driving your cab at night, and this is don't think so much. Is, like he says, yeah. you know, go out, screw girls. You know, yeah, you're, have fun. you're still young. So I guess that that kind of advice is, you know, you're still young. Like, you know, have fun. Don't think so much. Just Or I guess maybe don't. Or, or, or maybe don't do it at all. Because if driving a cab every night is pissing you off so much, maybe you've brought yourself to this point. Yeah. Where you're so upside down that right. you can't figure out what you're doing. Yeah. So I I don't know. That one kind of struck me. And it, it, it's not... It's not so simple as this is my life and I've chosen myself to right. be yeah. either great or not. You know, there's obviously luck and randomness and all that stuff because you know it, it, it but on some level there is choice involved right that's true that's true it's deep though yeah there's, it, it, there's it a is, lot yeah. going on in that scene mm-hmm. and it, which yeah i didn't really uh like i just kind of took it the way travis did like that's the dumbest thing i ever heard like it's not stupid yeah it may not be it, exactly right. true you're right but it's not yeah. stupid and cause, i mean because i i mean i took it more in, you know not that it wasn't deep, but it's just this guy, he's trying to <laughs> reach out. He's trying to get advice from somebody as like just his last yeah. resort. Peter and he doesn't get it. He doesn't get the answer he wants. Or well, what's he, he going to say? Doesn't, he doesn't get the answer he needs. Yeah, I'm not saying that Peter Boyle was in the wrong there. You know, he because, again, he, Travis wasn't clear on as to what, you know, he needed or what yeah. he was looking for. Well, I think he says, um, look, I'm just a cab driver. What yeah, do you want from me? What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Think so much. Yeah. Someday a real rain will come. Love this. Love this scene. This Let's narration. Get into our pick six. Pick six. This is the segment of the show where we pick our six favorite moments of the film. Basically, we picked six because Dave was going to pick three. I was going to pick three, but we basically collaborated on it and we just yeah. stuck with six. Six. Well, this is how we <laughs> walk through the movie, and this basically we do six major moments, and that's how yeah. we sort of yeah, basically yeah, we kind of do it in order that way. Uh, just give us the flow of the film. Um, yeah, right, so let's so, start with this first one here with Travis's narration. Yeah, Travis's narration. Let's just play it. Uh, might be some language here, so you know, deal with it. All the animals come out at night. Whores, skunk pussies, buggers, queens, fairies, dopers, junkies. Sick, venal. Someday a real rain will come and wash all the scum off the streets. One of my favorite lines in any movie. Yeah. Someday a real rain will come and what wash the scum off the streets. Brooklyn, I take oh, that's just him talking about where yeah, he, he takes everybody. He goes all over. And yeah. a, a lot of the drivers don't want to go to certain areas right. at certain times of night and, and pick up certain people. And he's all into it. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's almost like he wants... He hates them all intently. It's not like he's not bothered by them, but he wants to like get into the filth. Right. Just so he maybe can know all about it. Yeah. 
And yeah, I, yeah, I think he just wants something. He's trying to again. He this whole movie is about him trying to find some sort of connection with something or someone, and he's not finding it where he is now. So why not go to these other places? Maybe this they have the connection I need. He's a he's a character, right? Right. Scorsese's telling us something here. He probably found the city to be sick. Yeah. Himself. Oh, I agree. And, and yeah. something about that kind of living is sick. Mm-hmm. This. We're all clustered together. And that's when stuff happens, right? We yeah. get that that this sort of scale of millions of people living together. There's going to be pockets of crime, drugs, all that sort of thing. And he's just like... Travis is getting into it for his own reasons, but we're also being told as viewers that this is the shit that goes yeah. on here. Yeah. And it is gross, and it is filthy, and it does... Someone does need to yeah. clean it up. You know, yeah. we talk about like, well, at least me, I go back to like Batman, right? Go clean it up. Right. Just, just, <laughs> just clean it up. Get a hose. Get what you got to do. Get rid of these people. I don't care even what you do to them. Right. right. You know, yeah. At that point, it's just like, so I almost see him again as a, or sort of like as a, as a, not a vigilante, but in a way, yeah, I mean, he's, he's proving his case before he does what he yeah, wants. He's to kind do. of justifying what he's about to do. Yeah. He's not like, I'm crazy, they're crazy. He's like, no, I'm actually going to go, you know, I'm going to roll around in the slop for yeah. a bit. Yeah, he's going to roll around in it, you know, really get the feel for it. And, and he's not, he's trying to figure things out. Like, it's not like he's just gung-ho on, you know, going, like, again, this is spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie. Oh, Pause God, this right now. Follow us on YouTube. Hey, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's not he's not crazy. He's tr- he's trying to figure things out because I mean, right after this, he then says, "Yeah, all my life uh, needed was a sense of some place to go." Yeah, and he's trying to search for that. Like he's he needs that sense because he's 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 driving in the cabin now. He can't sleep. He then goes to porno theaters just because he has nothing else to do. He's just <laughs> he's not. And even and I like that too because they show him go to the porno theater and. You know, he walks past the concessions, then he goes back because he sees a girl there. So he's yeah. just like, he tries to talk to her. Like, well, this is what he's, you do. He's a right? little creepy, you know. He's very it's, creepy. Yeah, but he's just trying to find that connection. Like, it, at some point, it's like, wh- wh- when do we stop calling him creepy? Well, I th- and when do you just try to see that he's just like an innocent guy just trying to find some sort of connection? Yeah, he's in a porno theater. Uh, yeah, she doesn't. And uh, fun fact, Robert De Niro, and that was uh, his, that's actually his wife. Um, oh really? I think they met. In, in I'm gonna taxi call driver. the manager. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> call the manager. <laughs> he really just wants a girl, right? Exactly. That's why he's hitting on the girl, right. the the chick at the concession yeah. stand. Yeah, because when when they show him in the theater, like he doesn't seem like he's getting much pleasure out of it. He's just watching, like he's just you know in a daze. Which, and there are couples. There. I don't know if you've ever have you ever like been where you just can't sleep. Have you ever had any yeah, sort of like insomnia? I actually don't sleep well. Okay. If I go to bed before midnight, it's a rarity. Yeah. If I'm it's normally 12:30 1 o'clock. Well, just think of moments where you've you know, moments in your life where you've you're on like very little sleep. You don't function right. Like no, you're <laughs> you're out of your head. Yeah, you're totally out of your head. So you can imagine this guy going day in, day out, not sleeping. You know, who knows? You know how much he's sleeping. Obviously, you. I think there's a certain amount of time where you actually die if you don't sleep. Um, yeah, sleep deprivation yeah. Is, a, is a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it's actually. I think it can be a version of torture used right. on people, yeah. keeping them awake right. constantly. Yeah. You know, you could imagine. Yeah, but uh, he never sleeps. 
but yeah, the, this. The, so yeah, I mean, the first you know, our take six is someday a real Warren will call him. Basically, gives us gives us a feel of who he is, what you know, what what his problem is, and what's what's driving him, and and all that. And then, like we already talked about, he meets Betsy. So that basically leads us into our number two and our pick six. Um, he meets Betsy and uh, basically takes her on a date. So Betsy is this woman, beautiful woman, blonde <laughs> yeah. woman. Um, She's who, working for Senator uh, Palantine, Palantine who's yep. running for president. Yep. Is she getting paid, do you think? Is she, is she a volunteer? Maybe volunteer. Okay. I don't know. Or, <laughs> but yeah, she's working with Albert Burks. Brooks, we get a couple of scenes with it him. It seems like she's somewhat of a senior person, so she might be at the level of getting paid. Yeah. She's makes got sense. a desk. and Makes sense. Just... Yeah, she has a desk. So you get paid if you have a desk. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, rule. But this, actually, we meet her basically right after he says, all my life needed was a sense of someplace to go. And yeah. then he's, you know, this whole movie is basically him narrating, uh, which I, I love the narration in this movie. And it's basically narrating, but writing in his journal or diary. His or voice or is so interesting because he doesn't have a deep... Or powerful voice. No, he doesn't. He's not a large guy. He's not physically imposing. But there's something about him that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about De Niro. He, the guy's, what, maybe 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, I mean, in the... Yeah, in, he's in, not a big guy at Raging all. Bull, if he was 150 pounds He's just start. got that powerful personality, I think. I think he's got that just... Yeah, he's got a... He's got, he's got a powerful presence. Right. I'd say. Um, and he shows that he yeah, walks into this campaign office. Yeah, just totally confident. This is after we get a couple scenes with Albert Brooks and her. Uh, but yeah, he he says that after a sense of place to some place to go, and then he says, "I first saw her." Yeah. So it's like this this is the sense of some place to go. He's like, "Okay, I see a beautiful woman. I'm very attracted to her." He's semi stalking her. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not saying it's yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a little weird because the first. No, I mean, I don't mean it to accuse. I'm just saying. Yeah. He literally. Yeah, he's definitely semi-stalking her because he's, yeah. Uh, She even says, is that cab driver looking at us? And then Albert Brooks comes out to shoo him away. (laughs) Um, But then he he works up the balls to walk in. He's like, I want to... It's like, I want to volunteer for Palantine. And and he's like, okay. And Albert Brooks (laughs) is like, I'll go take you over here. He's like, no, I want to volunteer with her. I want to volunteer with her, yeah. And it just becomes, she starts asking questions. He's like... He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know much about, about politics. I just want to take you for to have a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's basically what he says. But and I love that he's just so confident in that he's moment. Like, yeah. It's almost like, yeah, it seemed creepy a little bit. But at the same time, you can see why she would be kind of. Well, she was struck by him legitimately. Yeah. And the Albert Brooks character is just kind of a. It's not. It's, it, it's not that I don't like him. I just think he's silly, as he says. He's to, silly, but as he's he not... says to Sybil Shepherd, I love that line where he's just like, like... I, that that guy you work with. I don't like him. And she starts to talk a little, little, and he's like, "Well, it's not that I don't like him. I just think he's silly." He, <laughs> he is, is silly. He's, he's sort of like guy. the guy has been friend zoned. Oh, just, absolutely. Let's just call it that. Yeah. He he goes after Sybil Shepherd like a puppy dog. Yeah, absolutely. And she's got nothing. During, uh, they no. uh, in the beginning they no seem shot. like they might be together. I thought maybe in the initial oh, really? joking, but he's got no shot with no. him. Friend zone. He's definitely friend zone. <laughs> but but Travis Pickle, I will say, he does walk in with a little swagger to him. He 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 he. I can see why she would agree to going to coffee with him in that first little encounter i mean it's a total it's like well this guy's very unique let me okay oh, yeah, i'll, I'll coffee and pie like he's not you know trying to already get me to come to his apartment or anything coffee and pie right he didn't offer uh you know some schnapps or anything like that but, he's just it's just a simple 
gesture yeah. to walk across the street. So, I'd yeah. come out to give me a break. And then they have a nice little conversation there. He's like, you know, I, I really thought we had a connection, you know. And she's like, I don't, I don't think you'd be here if, we, if you didn't feel that too. And she's like, yeah, I did. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, yeah. She, yeah, she said, yeah, she said, I wouldn't be here if I, yeah. if I, if I didn't feel that way because he said there's an impulse. Uh, I felt us. it. I yeah, know you I felt, felt it. I know you it, felt it too. She's asked him, "Why did you?" And he's so forward about it. And it's like kind of awkward the way he's saying it, but I don't know. To me, it, it feels like I could see why a woman would would fall for this. Right? You don't. You don't feel that way. <laughs> you, like you don't. You don't. No, I do. I do. Okay. Okay. But he's also. Well, he's, no, he's super weird. I mean, it's, he's it's, weird, it's a little creepy. No, I get it. If a, if a normal guy sort of said, I mean, it takes a lot of balls. You know what the uh, most, uh, what stood out to me most with this scene when I first saw it? What? I had a slice of apple pie with a slice of yellow cheese on top. <laughs> that sounds completely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Actually, I honest, I would kind of want to try it. Um, I think that sounds terrible. <laughs> But but yeah, they have this. It's this very it's interesting nice scene. They have great coffee acting. and pie together. Great acting. Yeah. She's like she's she's That's, doing such a great job of of doing distance, but then like conceding to him and admitting to what she feels, but also then pulling back again. Yep. Because he's like full bore. And this is where the walking contradiction line is. Yeah. Um, well, he, he, one of these days they got to get organized. One of these days. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't that thing. I mean, he's ready at this point to just go ahead and get married. Yeah. If she'd allow it, yep, right? Absolutely. You know, so she's like, hold on. This has been fun, but, you know, let's not go too far. Yep. And so he's like, want to see a movie with me? And... That, like we already talked about, he takes her to a porno oh, movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, Dude. Y- you had her until that moment. You go and buy the record that she talked about, buy it for her. Like, he's doing she everything right. It, well, she's. I think she said that after oh, the just date. Being a bitch. Yeah, just being a, <laughs> being a bitch. Exactly. Let me take you to a movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me take you to a porno. It's yeah. just ridiculous. And in that moment, he says, "Yeah, I see a lot of couples come here. Like, so he thinks, like, oh, this must be the, but the there normal was. thing to do. Yeah, because he doesn't." Again, you know, if this is allowed and this is a place to go, then I guess I'd just take her here. Right. I mean, or... He shoots himself uh, in the foot. I'll just throw this out. Is it possible? I don't don't believe this to be true, but just to entertain it. Is it possible that he's just trying to humiliate her? Is it possible? No, absolutely not. No. He's trying to... No. I don't think so at all. He's trying he's to find not, a connection with his woman. He, he trying, doesn't know what to do. He's never been in this situation before. There's no motivation here to, to preemptively get her to reject him or to reject her or to end it on some Why? basis. Why would he do that? Because he's crazy. Well, just yeah, he, to, I can see subconsciously doing that. Just to screw with her. You know, I don't know if that's... Yeah, that, I don't that, think that might so. tend to like serial killer mentality. Yeah. But I, I don't think so. I think he okay. legitimately. I think he was totally just. Just because in, the, I think he's innocent in that aspect. Like, just he just doesn't know. Okay, like, so I'm. Uh, I don't I mean, think it's true. I don't. Maybe, but, just, but to me, I didn't. For a take crazy it that way person, I want to just possibility. For but, a crazy person, subconsciously maybe, but for him to pr- oh purposely do it, I don't think so. Oh, so maybe subconsciously. Subconsciously, yeah, because. He doesn't even know really what to, what the proper thing is. Yeah, so he reverts to. Yeah, he's just like thing. I. I'm not even saying that that's true. Right, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just I wanted to just throw that out there as, as a distant possibility. And then, uh, you know, I'm kind of just skimming through the movie right now, just because I just love the scenes. Um, you know, she she totally rejects him, and so he keeps trying to call her and stuff. And this is where I just 
love the scene. I know you even mentioned it. You know, he's trying to call her. He's at this a payphone. Number three, right? Is it? Uh, Things go. Well, kind of. Um, oh no, it's not. Sorry. <laughs> this <laughs> um, is one of my. Actually, this is per, my one of my. If not, I mean, we can kind of. It kind of kind of leads into it because our number three is things start going downhill. Yeah, I um, love love this scene. Yeah, so why don't you go ahead and well, explain he, it for us? She after this, she doesn't really want to talk to him. So yeah. he keeps calling her and calling her and calling her, and she won't get back to him. So he goes up to a payphone at some point and just. Call, Calls her. She picks up. He's like, I just, I just want to see you. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It wasn't on a machine or anything. Let me, like that. you know, I just want to take you out, and you know, whatever he says. And then she just rejects him. Did you get my flowers? Yeah, he sent her flowers. Uh, you didn't get my flowers. She just didn't oh, care. Okay. Yeah. And then the camera just kind of rolls away yeah. while he's still talking to her, and it's just like, it's like, it, it's cringe. Yeah. And the camera's cringe, right? Yeah. Because the camera doesn't want to look at him and yeah. want to. And see we don't want to look at him. And. You know, That's why uh, Scorsese puts you in this movie. He puts you in Scorsese. He puts you in Bickle's shoes, but he also puts you in a spectator's shoes. Yeah, you you want to look away. Yeah, you don't want to watch it. You know? So yeah, the camera just pans to a hallway where he is, and he's still talking on the That's phone. We're just here, looking. Yeah. We're looking in a hallway Watching slash them, alley, listening to them talk. Yeah, you can't bear. You literally cannot bear to see him. Yeah, because rejection is an awful thing. Yeah, it's and, it's brutal, and it kills it literally you know breaks him and he tried i guess and you know obviously he he screwed up terribly but yeah this scene is so powerful because that it it just it puts on film really it's pretty close to what real life feels like when you're rejected and rejection sucks yeah absolutely <laughs> it really does it's and, one of the worst feelings there is and it, it, it sucks too when it's your fault yeah. In in this case it's definitely Travis's fault. Like it's like you can What are hear, you doing, dude? Like you yeah. you shot yourself in the foot. Like, and this you, is, you can feel that you can hear the desperation yeah. in his voice. And it's great acting by by uh De Niro. Um and then it, yeah, then it goes to his apartment and you see all the dead flowers and stuff, basically the, the them sent back to him and things. Um uh so yeah, he's the, this watering is, them, is he trying to like revive them? Um, no, nah, that... I don't think so. I think it's just he just leaves them in his apartment. He but says that like the smell later, gives him right? his headaches. Yeah. But yeah, this is where things start going downhill. So he storms into the campaign, uh, uh, the campaign office where she's at, and he's just like oh, he, his eyes are all bloodshot, and he's just you could tell he hasn't slept in days. Answer my calls when I call you. Think I don't know you're here? Let's not have any trouble. Think I don't know? Think I don't know? Would you please leave? Your hands off. Okay, then leave. Okay. I just want you to know that I know. Well, let's not have any trouble. Please, just leave. This isn't the place to do it. Okay. Okay. Take your hands off. Okay, then just leave. All right, just leave then. Come on. I'm going to tell you Look, come hell. on. You're in a hell. And you're going to die in a hell like the rest come of them. Come on now. There's a cop across the street. You're like the rest of them. Look, I'm calling the cops. Officer! You're going to die in the hell like the rest of them. What do you think he meant by that? Well, she's now in with the filth. Yeah, the filth, yeah. She's a part of them. Yep. You know, she's no good. She's no better you're than anybody You're in the else. hell. And you're going to die in the hell like the rest of them. You're just like the rest of them. The city is hell. Yeah. Right? And he's just... Like, yeah, he's he's now lumping her in with that scum. He, you know, he, This is where his flaw is. You know, he doesn't see that, you know, maybe he could have done things differently. Um, which is... It's a sad place because he... he I don't think he has the mental capacity at this point to see what he's doing you know he can only see what's around him he can't see yeah. what's inside of him yeah i agree yeah that's, um, a, that's a great call 
but uh but yeah that's just a power that's another very powerful scene and that leads into again this is unsettling. this is all our number three him just going downhill um because you know he's trying to find that purpose and just he's just keeps seeing things so he goes through that things with betsy and, and then we get the scorsese skiing scene uh scorsese's the cab rider uh, that's yeah we get this little scene it's sort of almost a cameo you know yeah well actually the actor who was supposed to do it didn't show up that day so scorsese just decided to do it himself that's hard to believe because (laughs) he's really intense yes very scene he's He's like menacing in a way but at the same time just nuts like yeah he seems like he's on drugs yes which i think (laughs) scorsese was definitely on coke during this he's very repetitive he's very uh, forceful he's like he's he's trying to get he tells travis to just basically park and sit and yeah turn off the meter right like but he wants travis to see what well what we're gonna hear see the woman in the window do you see the woman in the window? Do you see? <laughs> yeah. You see the woman? Yeah. I want you to see that woman because that's my wife. I want you to see that woman. That's not my apartment. He's got this beard and this, not my the eyebrows. You know who lives there? Huh? I mean, you wouldn't know who lives there. I'm just saying. But you know who lives there? <laughs> you wouldn't know. Huh? And I'm go- I'm going to kill her. It's nothing else. I just I'm gonna kill it. Now, what do you think of that? Hmm? I said, what do you think of that? Jesus. What oh. do you say? Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, everything. I'm gonna kill her. I'm gonna kill her with a 44 Magnum pistol. I have a 44 Magnum pistol. I'm gonna kill her with that gun. Did you ever see? Did you ever see what a 44 Magnum pistol would do to a woman's face? Yeah, it's this is a time before cell phones, before anything. Like this is just, what do you do in that moment? This is just like feeding this Travis's is... hatred and yeah, and just feeding his you know notion of just this city is just full of scum. And... Yeah, it's almost too much for him. But again, he's like, well, maybe not. Yeah, he gets the idea of getting a 44 Magnum from yeah. this character. Yeah, because right after this, yeah, he kind of. It... The Scorsese guy, he wants him to know everything. He wants him to see it. This is, again, yeah, he's, again, more the filth on a very personal level. This is my wife. I mean, he said, you know, he drops the, the N word. Yeah. But that's not why he wants to kill this wife. Right. It could have been a white guy. You know, maybe it was extra or something like that. That's not why. It's, you know, you're seeing your wife in someone else's apartment and she's going to pay. Yeah. Like and that's it. Yeah, like that's that. This is the, the, the this is the decision I've made, and you know, at, at some point, I guess you get that some, you know, somewhere from Travis, and I guess that's kind of what we talked about earlier with Wiz. Like, you know, this is the decisions you make. Like, at some point, this is just the choice you've made. Um, horrible. Yeah, absolutely I'm horrible. Blow her head off. You can see what a forty-four Magnum does. Yeah, which we find, which we, I mean, the forty-four yeah. Magnum is. Is that the Dirty Harry gun? Is that the same thing? I think so. Yeah, forty-five. It's, it's huge. It's so yeah, after, it's like a cannon. <laughs> after this, yeah, then then we get to the the wizard scene, which we'd already talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he he you know goes into this hotel room and buys this these guns from the shady guy. Yeah. So this this scene with Scorsese, which is brilliantly acted by him. I mean, he should be 
after seeing this, he should be in more. You know, I but know. Yeah, he, you would. You would think you would. He would be in more. Like so he, compelling. Yeah. In this, like, what three minutes? Mm-hmm. You cannot take your eyes off this guy yeah. and the stuff he's saying. And he, you're saying he was just he just stepped in and did right. it. Yeah. And he must have been on coke. Oh, but, absolutely. <laughs> he's so. Did you also crazy? But this is you know more for Travis. He's like. I really gotta fix this. Mm-hmm. No, no. Here, I've I've seen the pimps, I've seen the drug dealers, I've seen the hookers. I've seen, you know I've been rejected, but then here's a man who will not take it anymore. Which right? <laughs> yeah, and here is what he, he says. Yeah, he, he has to because someone's got to do something. He just he had a very personal interaction with the Scorsese character. So it's like I gotta do something. Right? Here. Yeah. Like if, yeah. If if, if this guy doesn't we're all gonna be in chaos so yeah. I guess I'm gonna be Batman or something <laughs> I mean honestly he is kind of a vigilante which yeah we'll get into a little later on but um but yeah that 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 scene's very powerful he decides he um, basically guns. I think that's the the turning point for Travis right there you know you would think it would be the Sybil Shepherd, like him getting turned down by her but this just feeds to that and just kind of is the turning point because now he he you know gets this advice from wizard that he doesn't like so yeah this basically leads into our number four is when he starts you know taking control of his life so he gets these guns and now he's like all right no more feeding my body with this filth no more it's like a purification you know. program yep. yeah exactly <laughs> that's it's exactly what he's on June 29th. I gotta get in shape now. Too much sitting is ruining my body. Too much abuse has gone on for too long. From now on, it'll be 50 push-ups each morning. 50 pull-ups. There'll be no more pills. His fist over the stove. No more destroyers of my body. Pain resistance. It'll be total organization. Every muscle must be tight. So yeah, I mean that's uh, basically what he's doing. He's trying to get uh, control of his life at this point, um, he and then fashioning an, an arsenal for himself. Yeah, fashioning, and he's at the movies, and he's like pointing his finger like a gun at people. Like he's just like that's all he's focused on now is is just his guns. He's playing with his guns. He makes his contraption with his arm. Yeah, out of the desk uh, uh, from thing. yeah from like the desk drawer. He like makes a contraption where the gun can just pop out out of his sleeve. And this is where we get the famous. You talking to me? You talking to me scene. Pacino. Uh, <laughs> Raging Bull. <laughs> Pacino. <laughs> Just, uh... In the office. Well, it does I'm, not know. I mean, we gotta play this, right? Yeah. Actually, right before the t- you talking to me scene, we get the, the whole him talking to the Secret Service guy, because he goes to the Palantine uh, uh, little yeah, meetup. He, he goes up there, talks to the guy. He's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He just starts talking to the guy up, asks for his... Uh, <laughs> like, Maybe I want to be one of you guys, because I'm the fake address. He's really just screwing with the guy. Yeah, he's just like trying to. Well, the Secret Service guy stands out like a sore thumb, right? Right, Yeah, this big blonde guy with aviators (laughs) in the suit, like. uh, And and that's what you, from what you hear from crazy people, is they they tend to go and deal directly with law enforcement. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Talk to them. Yeah. Are you in the Secret Service? Yeah. <laughs> He's just like this. This is like the most weird he seems yeah. uh, in this whole movie. I see movie. some suspicious activity over there. <laughs> see some some suspicious, real suspicious guys yeah. over there. So they looked, and then he brings them over there. He's like, oh, man, I don't, where'd they go? They looked real. And the guy's like, suspicious? Yeah, yeah, suspicious. <laughs> kind of a silly silly little moment in the film. Uh, but then, yeah, we get him practicing with the gun some more, and then obviously the famous you-talking-to-me scene. You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? 
Well, who the hell are you talking to? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, it's just such a... You could tell why it's a famous scene. Yeah. I just love that. It's classic Robert De Niro right uh, there. Well, my head goes to in a weird place, which is the ambient sound, which is great. It reminds yeah. me of, if you, if you like Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The show's incredible about mm-hmm. doing traffic noise and just yeah. setting, like it puts you, setting a mood. It puts you there. You feel yeah. like you're in that apartment with Travis with a plane flying and yep. like neighbors yelling at each other. Or maybe you, know, you get like a dog barking. Here is someone who stood up. Here is. So he's prepared to do something here. He's pre- he's preparing for something. We still don't know what yet, you know. But as he's as things are going on in that direction, he a couple of times he sees this young girl. Yep, exactly. Yep, which Jodie Foster played by Jodie Foster. She's seems to be under. At one point, she earlier, fairly early in the movie, she's gonna get into his cab. She's like, just drive. Just drive. She wants to get away, and this guy pulls her off, and it's Harvey Keitel. Just be like, just cool, baby. Just chill. Just chill. Be cool, baby. Yeah, be cool. And he throws this this crumpled twenty dollar yep. bill, which becomes significant for Travis. Yeah. Uh, throws it in his uh, passenger seat, and he doesn't want to really take the money. He just he's aware of it. Yeah, but he doesn't want he it. He keeps seeing it in his wad of cash. Yeah. He doesn't want to spend it. It yeah. keeps as a reminder of like, uh, like filth incarnate. Right. Right. Yeah. But then she, he sees Jodie Foster a, a couple of times. He keeps seeing this girl and she's obviously too young to be a hooker. She's not of age. And then just not long after this, he's just kind of walking down the street and he just happens upon her and this girl he's with. Yep. And he's like, what do you say? Do, how can I help you? Or something like that? Yeah. Is he looking for a good time? And he's right. like, yeah. He's going to hire her to, to bang her, presumably. Right, yeah. Right? Goes to Harvey Keitel, tells him the deal. He's like, he's a horrible uh, John or whatever. He's got no idea what he's doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> exactly. How do I hire a hooker? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what do I do? <laughs> but anyway, he ends up, he goes to where she is in this, this this bedroom and just tries to talk to her. And she's like being a hooker. Yeah. She's trying to unzip his pants, trying to touch him. He's like, how do you want to make it? And he's like, no, I want to get you out of here. Don't, right. Yeah. Don't you want to go? He's, yeah, she's don't like, you understand? Like, yeah, you're in this place. Well, you got to leave, you know? And she's like, go where? Where am I going to go? I can leave any time I want, which she really can't. Yeah, she, she thinks he, she can. He's but... like, what about that time? And he's like, she was like, I was high. You know, but when these girls, they're desperate. Because she ends up admitting, basically, she's got nothing. Right, yeah. Even whatever she earns or whatever, and I'm sure it's not cheap after <laughs> numerous times, it's some amount of money, she actually has nothing. No, it absolutely. all goes to Harvey Keitel. Oh, definitely. And he doesn't beat her per se. And there's this weird scene later where he's trying to be tender to her, which oh, that's just a creepy know scene. What to make yeah. out of that? She's clearly afraid of him, you know, right? Yeah. But Travis finds a cause. Yeah, yeah. He finally, finally finds a cause. He finds something more legitimate. Yeah. You know, than than just you know empty rage. Right. At yeah. The world. Yeah. He finds something to channel his anger. Towards. Right. It's like if I'm gonna do something, might as well do something for good. Hopefully, um, but yeah, it's, it's just 
quite powerful because you you see the good in him um especially you know when he's up there with her like he pays you know the the pimp or whatever for <laughs> yeah. for her services and right. she's you know trying to unbutton his unbuckle his belt and everything he's like pushing her down he's like no i don't want to do that like you're 12 and a half so years old what's your you. name i want to know your name yeah you know, he's he's trying to get to know her, but in like a non-creepy way, like a, almost like a father figure in a way, like trying to save this girl. Like, but yeah, he basically asks her to come to breakfast with him, you know, tomorrow morning, uh, which he does. And this is basically our number four. Yeah, we she he finally, or number five. He gets her to just sort of get off of whatever she's doing in her daily life, and they have this really sweet scene. He takes her to get some eggs. Yeah, he's just like, I don't want to bang you i don't want to pay you to be a hooker i want to just let's just go i want to get you out of here and here's sort of the first step right let's just go to a place a public place and just talk and it's a great scene yeah definitely i mean it's the first connection that he makes with a human being and it's a 12 year old hooker yeah (laughs) right and she's so charming she's like so lively and she's yeah, definitely like and she's calling him a square he's yeah. like i'm a square you're a square you're, you're, a square. <laughs> you're the one who's you know the prostitute you know selling your body for for money and... yeah i love that turnaround because it's like she's she's wearing she's like you know what i assume was hip fashion for the time and he's just he's kind of a lame guy i guess yeah because everyone you know the, uh, harvey Keitel calls him you know, you're a cop yeah, you know you're a, <laughs> yep. you're a narc. You're a narc. She calls yep. him a narc. Yep. You're square. You're lame. You know, you just do whatever. And he's yep. like, well, well, what's square? If a square is stupid, well, then like, you know, you're stupid. Yeah. Look at the way you're living your yeah, life. Look at look what you're doing. Like you're, you're not any better than me. Right. You're not in any position to to pass any kind of judgment or say anything yep. about me. Look what you're doing. Yeah. And these guys you're working with are the sucking scum of the universe. And, yeah. They're the worst people yeah. in the world. And you're here and you're gonna you're gonna say something about me. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful scene. And he's saying like you know he's gonna what's what are these communes he's talking they're talking about? I think in that period there were people that would go like well I think that one was in Vermont. I think there'd be like some farm. You ever see that movie with uh, <laughs> with Justin Thoreau and uh, oh and Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston? Oh yeah, yeah. I forget the name of it. Um, it's Paul Rudd. Paul in Rudd. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Oh, okay. Or in, in Mad Men, kind of like hippie stuff. Hippie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. There's an episode in Mad Men where he goes and um, Roger Sterling goes and sees his daughter. Oh, yeah. it's like that. Okay, so interesting. That, at some back then, I think that was kind of a thing. They'd yeah, go and do these. But that yeah. was like a no-no to parents. But at this point, like Robert De Niro is like, go there. Like that's better than it's better more, this. <laughs> yeah, better better than this. Yeah. I don't think um, so, I don't think Travis would would prefer that. Yeah. So ideally, he's but... he's offering to give her money for something, and she's like, why don't you come with me? And he's like, no, I got I got stuff I got to do. And you know, he tells her it's for the government, and we don't really know what's what's going on yeah, for the um, government, which, which means he's still intent on yeah doing something bad, doing to... something bad. So yeah, great great scene there, and actually. Uh, Another fun fact in the production, uh, Robert De Niro would actually take Jodie Foster out before production and take her to, to lunch or dinner or something, and he would not talk. He would not talk just to like <laughs> – really? so she would yeah. just like do stuff just because she was bored and just like talk. So that way she would get comfortable just being around him instead of like Such having to like – Yeah, definitely. Like he would just – and he even – yeah, he drove a cab for a few months before this movie. Because it worked. Because yeah. the two I mean, of yeah, them are great, incredible yeah, in this scene. Great and chemistry. He's almost like her uncle. And yeah. they've known each other forever. You yeah. know, she in a weird – there's like a trust there. Between, yeah. And it, it's very obvious. 
and Jodie Foster is you know, I know. so good as, as a old. young girl. You kidding me? You can see this this girl is yeah. gonna be great. Yeah, definitely. And she has been. Um, so yeah, then I mean that basically takes us to our number six, which is the final shootout. The finale. Which, you know, he he you know tells he sends her money, to, writes her a letter. Basically, the letter we don't he doesn't read out loud, but he does. You do read that he says, you know, I'll be dead by the time you get this. He sends her money and everything, and he's at another rally for the president, right. and he's gonna, you know, uh, and actually he gets out of the out of his car. You just see the bottom half of him. He takes out his pills. <laughs> he's about to put it in his mouth, and he's the camera pans up to his head, and he's got a mohawk. He shaves his head, he looks, um, which he looks absolutely badass, iconic, yeah. iconic, exactly. And you can see in his jacket, he's fully armed. Yep, fully armed. Yep, you can see it again because you can see it like bulging out yeah. and stuff. Um, but yeah, obviously the he fails the assassination attempt. The service guy, service secret service guys see him before you know he is able to do it because they see him like reaching into his uh, right. pocket. Uh, he's also into not, his coat. He's not. Yeah, it's like you're he doesn't not, blend in. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> not blend in at yeah. all. You you stick out like a sore thumb. So he fails at that. So he he goes back to his apartment, takes some more pills, swallow, you know, drink some beer with the pills, and then he goes and sees Harvey Keitel again, back where he saw him before. Um, this is our yeah it, yeah. This is basically the final shootout right here. So he goes up to Ky- Car- <laughs> uh, goes up to Harvey Keitel. He's like, you don't remember me? You don't remember me? He's like, and, I get uh, lost, man. Get lost. get lost. And he's like, you got a gun? And then Harvey Keitel flicks his cigarette at him. He's like, get out of here. And then, <laughs> oh, I love it. Robert De Niro, suck on this. Boom. Shoots him right in the belly. So I want to say one tiny thing on this. Are you a, um, do you know the band Pantera? Yeah. So the first, <laughs> the first way I came across this quote is a Pantera song. Really? It's called uh, The Badge, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And it starts on, suck on this. Woo! Or something like that. And that's how the song starts. Is it like the, the actual clip from the yeah. movie? Oh, okay. And then later on it goes, I'll kill you! I'll kill you! Oh, yeah! <laughs> so, that's wow. All, and then, and then, that's awesome. So every time I see this movie, I think actually think of the song. Oh, Because I heard the song first. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not actually really even a Pantera yeah. fan, per se, but I know that song. So, see suck it. on this. <laughs> I never knew what that was from. But, like, that's like a... These are all these, like... Yeah. They become a part of pop culture. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, like I said, definitely the the cult following is this scene and his look at this point. Shoots Carvey Cattell. Basically, the whole shootout. He goes through the whole brothel and you he's know, got finds his contraptions. He's getting shot in the neck. Yep, shooting shot in back. the neck, shooting back, and you know, gets to Jodie Foster. So, and, um, I don't know. You might hate me for this, um, but I'm not crazy about this last scene. Honestly, it's probably my least favorite favorite part of the movie. Uh, I mean, not my least favorite because I, I get I like the badassery of it. I think it is pretty badass. So, what don't you like about it? Something changes. Uh, from this, from the moment that his cab arrives on scene, it's almost like Scorsese's using a different camera. Yeah, well, they did this on purpose. He made it look shitty on purpose. Yeah, well, well they they had to darken the camera so it wouldn't be as bright red. The blood wouldn't be as bright red. Otherwise, it would be like NC seventeen or something. So that is true. Yeah. So I know. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not claiming that I got something but it's I obvious got it <laughs> well, as soon as that thing rolls in it's like this looks like well, in, in old movies you see this where some shots are great and other shots are bad yeah and, well, this, I mean, and it's also 70s i get that but 
you know what I'm saying though? Yeah. Yeah. And and this looks like the this looks like the B take. Yeah. Well, especially when the guy's getting shot in the face and you see just like drr, drr, like it's like <laughs> just little shots. I guess they were like pulling strings on his face so really? it, like it would move and stuff. It's not that great. Yeah, I know. And it's not paying me paying me off that great. Um and then we get to the Well, po- I like the the very end of the scene though. Like especially like once everything like he I don't know, especially when he shoots the guy like when she's like don't shoot him, don't shoot him. He shoots him like right in the head and the yeah. blood splatters no, on I the like wall. That. I like that on. Yeah. And then afterwards with the score with the music and then the camera's above. Yeah, above and rolling yeah. back. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and then obviously the so yeah, I mean everything happens. He shoots everybody. Then he tries to kill himself. He tries to shoot himself yeah, with the gun. Dink, out of bullets. Dink, very breaking dink, bad style dink. in that fashion. Which yeah. or breaking bad is very taxi driver style in that fashion. Um but yeah, ding ding, can't kill himself. And then the yeah, cops, the cops come Scorsese in. Guy. Blood all over his hand, points his finger at his temple and just yeah, such an iconic scene. Blood dripping. He's done. Right? This is what I mentioned in the Raging Bull episode. the The blood is dripping down from his finger, just like the blood is dripping down oh, from the okay. ropes. I thought that was uh, very cool. But yeah, the, the, yeah, like you said, there there are some. I just it's, wish... it's very cheesy at some points, like <laughs> yeah. the camera. But you, but I mean, it's... I, I just attribute it to its 1976. Okay, but you know, a lot of the movie looks still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and that part just goes weird. Yeah. It gets strange there, and I if Scorsese would have it back, I think he'd probably change it. Looking back on it, it looks like a B-roll. Yeah, it really does. And uh, actually, they had to do like mental tests with Jodie Foster for this, like to see if she could handle stuff like this. Um, really? And actually, she passed it all because uh, like she was like interested in seeing like how they did it. Like basically, they would use styrofoam for like the skull. Oh wow! Uh, for like the skull, um, she's in screaming. the blood and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's she's playing this part well. But uh, but yeah, so B- B- Travis saves the day. He's he saves Iris, and then yeah, you know, we get the newspaper clippings of you know local hero cleans up mob boss mm-hmm. cleans up blah blah blah, and you get this um, uh, uh, narration of Iris's parents yeah. basically thanking Travis for saving her, and basically he's a hero. You, which I, I mean, I don't know, try to go back to your first time. Were you expecting this? I was expecting him to be either dead or arrested. No, this my first time. This was very confusing. Yeah. So what what do you think of this now? Uh, so yeah, I mean that that that's basically the film uh yeah then, then at the very end he he picks up uh sybil shepherd betsy they have a little moment she tries to pay for the cab he just like he just drives away yeah, i feel like he's almost moment. past her and then he looks in the rearview mirror and the, like this quick like shot like confusion it's very strange but he looks I, past I, her what do you mean he looks past her no i mean i think as a character he's grown past her yeah i mean she's still beautiful right but i think she, he, she comes back while well, I heard you're a hero. It's like, well, like huh, woman, you're not any different. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. You know, yeah. I, I almost feel like, well, you know, I'm the same guy. You know, I, I I was trying to do whatever I did, and right. you rejected me for who I was, and I'm the same. Just because now I'm famous, you want to? Yeah, she sought me out. Well, I, I, that's the way I felt. Well, let's well let's lead this into our uh, next segment. Who's the idiot? Me or the movie? I, I think I'm the idiot. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, what? Uh, so after the shooting and stuff, after he fakes shooting himself with the, psh, psh, was this all in his head at the end? Like the ending part of it was the heroic part of it in his head like the news clippings and stuff no I think that's was that all like a dream okay well, he wouldn't be well, what, then him in the cab with her oh well 
with Sybil Shepherd getting in the cab. That's all. Fa- that's all in his well, head. Well, all of it. Ever uh, oh. after, right after the shooting, everything after that. I mean, that's possible, but I, I, there's there's no evidence yeah. that way, right? I mean, do you think that that's true? I think possibly. I don't. I mean, I so in, I, I lean towards that it's not, uh, just because of is, is his little, his little conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it in, even even Scorsese acknowledges the theory. He doesn't say whether or not it is. Um, you know, is this just Travis? You know, in his last dying moments, thinking this, like, oh, this is how they're going to think of me, or is this is, um, you know, this guy's crazy. So I mean. Uh, and also, that's... also the point of him looking in the rearview mirror and the quick like shot of him like being like, do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, the quick, no, yeah. that I can't even explain that. Like, how I... would you explain that? Like, it's got like weird like score in the music, like it just, and he like the camera just goes. I don't know. It looks out of focus. Like Not that, focus. that, that to me just signifies or just you know to me says that this guy's still unstable and he could go off again at any moment. Wow. Well, I mean, it, it could be. So in his dying breath, he all he gets from Sybil Shepherd is just he just gives her a fare. <laughs> Not in his dying. No, no. See, see. Yeah, I mean, if if that's if that's the his dying. <laughs> but I guess it's a lot for Travis. So, so yeah, just say it's not his dying. Like the uh, again, I I think it wasn't all a dream. I think this all happened afterwards. Because I mean, what would they? He legitimately. Oh, he saved this girl, which is obvious. He killed bad people. Yeah. All right. It, yeah. Let's 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 throw away the dream theory. Well, I, I don't want to say throw it away because it's it definitely it's possible. I mean, you don't. There's no. There's nothing that says that it's a dream, right? I mean, right. It, it could be. Right. But if not, it all that also makes sense. How someone that we know is crazy, but also does a good thing. Yeah. In the facts on the ground are he he just you know he saved a little girl who was missing, and he killed some bad people along the way. So in 1970s New York, do I think that they would excuse whatever him owning guns that was bad or whatever? I, to me, I, th- I mean, in my morality, he's a hero. Yeah, I agree. So maybe that's just me projecting, but I see that as a hero. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I, I think he's a hero. So, so yeah, I mean that's he's a he's he's a he's a hero then, and I think he'd be a hero now. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. Yeah, we need someone What's, to clean um, up these streets over here. <laughs> yeah, please clean up these streets. What uh, did you have any questions? Well, the the whole Palantine thing, I don't know really what's happening here. Why does he yeah. want, why does he want to assassinate Palantine? Yeah, now, especially this, when he fails, then he goes after Iris. I was like, it's like, why wouldn't you try to save her to begin with? So why does he want to kill Palantine? He he has the interaction with him in the cab. Where he talks about, like you said, he goes into great detail about why he doesn't like it. <laughs> right, city. yeah. And Palantine gives him a politician's answer. Right. Which is not good enough. No. So that's one reason. Mm-hmm. The other reason is uh, when he gets rejected by Sybil Shepherd, she's giving her time to this man. Yeah. So it could be that I can kill him. It's, was it a way to impress her? He's your here's your man, Palantine. Or, or, or yeah, just you you rejected me. I'm gonna take away something you like, you love, or you know you're passionate about. Here's your, yeah. Well, how, how great is he? I just yeah. killed him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could get that too. Or uh, like you said, like yeah, the politician's answer he gives him in the cab. He just doesn't like that. He's like, all right, well, if you're not gonna do something about this city, I will. You know, I'll 
without killing him. I don't know what that would do, but yeah, I don't know either. yeah, it's not really clear. But I think it's just showing that this guy's gone crazy, and you know, he's just wants to do something. What do you guys at home say? I'd like to know why. Yeah, Maybe there's us. something obvious that I'm missing. Right? Yeah. Tweet us uh, at BlockbusterCast and let us know what you guys think. All right. So final thoughts and rating, Dave. What are your final thoughts? Well, I think. It's brilliantly acted. It's a great story. It's it's strangely relevant to today. Uh, it does look a little bit old. Yeah. It, this one is aged Especially a bit. Especially that last scene. That last scene looks yep. not good at all. Yeah. Um, Sybil Shepherd is captivating. <laughs> the themes here are really good. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, talk, it talks about loneliness. I'm God's lonely man. That's another line I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I'm God's lonely man. And it was that's, you know, we didn't even get into the whole stuff about him watching TV. Yeah. There's that American Bandstand song, and he's just like transfixed. He's trying to find some connection. He's in this city of millions of people, right? But he can't connect to anybody. Yeah. He's got no, he can't relate to anyone. And it drives him nuts. And. God, you know, we live in a country with, you know, 300 million people and we, <laughs> it's hard to feel a connection yeah, to anybody. I know. We've, we've got social All these media. people, like he lives in this huge city, all this, all right. this, uh, all these people around him and he can't find a connection you know, anywhere. Most of us are isolated Yeah. outside of our little routine where we go to work and we come home and whoever's at home and whoever's at work beyond that. Most of us don't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy to feel that, that you're not connected to things. And when you see bad things happening around you, you want to fix it. And no one seems to have any ability to change these things and fix them. Right. So it leads to frustration, especially to someone that might be vulnerable to these things. Yeah. We see mass shootings. We see them all the time now, seemingly. People go nuts. And they're mad at the world. And the world doesn't have right. a fix for them. And, it, yeah, I mean, is there anything ever heroic like this? Like, uh, it almost, like, makes you want to examine things. Like, wh- who is doing something heroic like this guy is? Yeah, you're going to risk going to jail and stuff. But, like, who's going in and just shooting up people just because you're bad? <laughs> like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, this what, what, like morality I, you brought up earlier. It's like, you know, mor- morality wise. Yeah. I, I side with Travis, but it's just like the law says you cannot do this. You right. cannot do this. You cannot do this. But it's like, these are bad people They're Look what they're doing. Yes. They didn't fire at me first, but Hey, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm doing something that, that Palantine isn't doing. I'm doing something that yeah. the cops aren't doing. I mean, imagine um, if a terrorist instead of going and do whatever they do or a mass shooter, they go and they find, they were somehow use their devote their energy to you know saving a person right yeah you know absolutely and that's what's i guess redeemable about travis is yeah. he he's on a really strange confusing nutty path but he is capable yeah. of change yeah absolutely because i think that's what draws me to this movie is that he he is redeemable um, I, 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 he in a way is relatable just because we all have that, you know, again, he said he's, you know, loneliness has followed me my whole life. Like he's, he's, he's isolated. He's lonely. We've all felt those feelings. It's just what we choose to do with those feelings is, you know, what makes us who we are. Are we going to choose to be the hero? Are we going to choose to be the villain? Are we going to choose to be yeah. just, uh, it's about choices. Yeah. Peter it's about choices. <laughs> you know, one you... man's a doctor, one man's a lawyer, <laughs> but I don't know. This movie just sticks me in the, the, again, 
again, it's masterfully acted. It's masterfully directed oh, by Scorsese. And just the, the score, just this movie just draws me in. And just I can never look away whenever it's on. It's, it's um, hypnotic. Yeah, it's very hypnotic. And I don't know, just the, the loneliness aspect. And, the and you know, I, I can relate to some of the feelings he's feeling with depression and loneliness. I can relate to those. And it just, you know it's almost about doing something with your life, you know, taking a stand and just, you know, again, not shooting up a, a brothel or anything, but, you know, just taking a stand and being willing to stand up for something and stand up to something. Yeah, I agree. So, um, uh, I got a final rating. Yeah, please. Uh, I got four stars and I'm going to give one and a half buckets of popcorn. Okay. I think this is an art movie. I don't think it's a terribly entertaining. Yeah. Okay. Movie. Um, this is not. Um, this is another movie without wide appeal. Yeah, I would. I. <laughs> this is again. I understand a, that. It's again a man's movie and a thinking man's movie, which we tend to do a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but it's. And I, I love it. I absolutely I, I love, love it. it a lot. I think it's brilliant. Um, but I think yeah, four out of five stars. It's a little bit much on the entertainment side. Okay. So what do you got? I give it four and a half stars out of five and three buckets of popcorn just because, I don't know, just because I'm just so drawn into it. For me, that's entertaining, just the way it, it draws me in and just I could I could easily just eat popcorn with this because I can, I can watch it in a way where I'm just like really invested and in like looking for the artsy side and yeah. I can just all just watch it. You know, just like I can watch Jurassic Park, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. But, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I. So. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'm glad we finally were able to this talk a, about it. We this talked, is a must watch. Absolutely. For anybody, anybody. And again, like I said with uh, Raging Bull, when we watched that, it's not a movie that many people, I don't want to no, say know yeah. about. But, yeah, it's not like a wide you know, audience. You thank know. God these two were able to make those movies <laughs> absolutely. time. Yeah. You know, now, no one would even be, be able to make a taxi driver, a raging bull. Uh, follow us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. Follow our personal personal accounts. I am at BCCord. I am at Dave underscore Quist. Follow shoot, us on Twitter. Yeah, shoot me out on Twitter. Shoot out Ben on Twitter. Give us a rating on iTunes. We would really, really love it if you guys would give us a rating. Yep, and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. All right, or uh, YouTube. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Hey, uh, you too. <laughs> All right, folks, that is it for us. For Davo, I'm Ben Secord. As always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys. At the movies. <laughs>